Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. I mean, at the end of the day, like they are one of the biggest and richest companies in the world. Facebook under fire once again with new documents leaked by insiders regarding the January 6th assault on the U.S. Capitol. This is definitely one of the most serious political crises in the company's history. And what seems clear to anybody who watches the company is they're going to have to change something fundamentally, like structurally. And of course, a lot of people are pointing to the leadership of the company. Maybe this is the thing that will convince Mark Zuckerberg or Sheryl Sandberg that they have to step down. But what it really comes down to is Facebook is really struggling to meet this crisis moment. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... I am Emily Birnbaum. I'm a tech lobbying and influence reporter with Politico. Emily Birnbaum on how Facebook is trying to fight back. Only a couple of weeks ago, it's crazy to think it's only been a couple of weeks, um, but the Wall Street Journal started posting an investigative series called The Facebook Files, basically based on a trove of internal documents from Facebook that showed essentially that Facebook knew it was contributing to a myriad of social harms, mm-hmm. you know, so that relates to how it handled January 6th. One employee writing in an internal chat, haven't we had enough time to figure out how to manage discourse without enabling violence? We've been fueling this fire for a long time and we shouldn't be surprised it's now out of control. That relates to knowing that they were affecting the self-esteem of teen girls on Instagram. And basically, after a week or two of that, a woman came forward. Her name is Frances Haugen. She's a, a former product manager at Facebook to say, you know, I am the whistleblower behind this uh, steady leak of documents. So she came out with a 60 Minutes episode. It's one of the most watched episodes of 60 Minutes ever. And then she testified before the Senate Commerce Committee. And since then, she and her PR firm arranged a consortium of media organizations to dig through these thousands of documents and come up with their own stories and their own angles, which were all released on Monday. So now there is this flood of pretty negative uh, coverage of Facebook where where they're looking pretty bad. And you have new reporting looking at how the company is trying to respond to all of this. Um, What's its strategy So they've taken a very defensive posture so far. Um, You know, like there's a couple different options companies in crisis have. You can apologize. You can announce big structural change. You can announce even leadership change um, because they are facing a real inflection point surrounding the disclosures in these documents. But so far, they have just decided to keep saying that they have essentially done nothing wrong, Mm. uh, that they invest in trust and safety, that a lot of this research is being misconstrued. And so once Facebook caught wind that there was a consortium of media organizations working on articles about these documents, their senior comms executive put out a series of sort of conspiratorial tweets saying, uh, you know, the, the media is engaging in this coordinated campaign. They're all going to be putting out their articles at the same time at the behest of her uh, PR agency. I mean, 
you know, that's also called an embargo. Yeah. Um, and Facebook itself often uses an embargo to get out particular kinds of information. Uh-huh. Uh, yesterday, Nick Clegg um, put out an internal memo, uh, which was leaked to the press, um, in, in which he said, you know, this is going to be a hard week. He's talking to, you know, Facebook employees. He said, this is going to be another week of bad headlines. Um, we think that, you know, the the central thesis here is that Facebook doesn't care about the safety of its users. That is untrue. We have put millions and millions of dollars towards creating good, successful systems. And, you know, there, there's a, a part of the document also that basically says, you know, the media is jealous. Like we are the disruptors. We are social media. And, uh, the former gatekeepers of information are not adjusting well to, uh, the digital landscape. So overall, like today I talked to, uh, someone who specializes in corporate communications and they said, this is just a company that's flailing. So Facebook is trying to fight back, trying to stay alive, which, I mean, they have before in in times of crisis. But reading your story, what sort of feels different this time, it was interesting. Um, you wrote that the whistleblower, Haugen, is a, quote, formidable foe and sort of unusually good at the PR end of this and, and has sort of this team working with her in this situation. Can you tell me a bit more about that and what sort of her role and strategy is in all of this? Yeah. I mean, when you think about traditional whistleblowers, you don't think about someone who has a glossy PR firm here and in the UK. You don't think about someone who has a team of well-connected Washington lawyers, but that is who you know, how Frances Haugen has decided to go about this. Um, so she has on her team, Bill Burton, former Obama spokesman, Larry Lessig. Uh, he's a pretty prominent legal scholar who once ran for president. Um, and together they are all formulating this really sprawling PR operation. Um, and, you know, I, I did some reporting last week about some of the money, uh, behind her. You know, she has having some of her travel expenses paid and, um, some of, some parts of her operation are supported by organizations, uh, associated with Pierre Omidyar. So he's a billionaire. He's a founder of eBay who's kind of made it his mission to take on the big tech companies. Um, so she's not, uh, your average run of the will whistleblower, uh, for better or for worse. I also want to talk about the political element of this, because you were talking about sort of like the the statements that uh, Facebook is putting out in this situation, the image they're trying to present. But beyond image, um, Congress has also been coming down pretty hard on the company recently. Um, you mentioned, you know, the testimony that Haugen did before Congress. You cover tech lobbying the way that these companies are sort of trying to influence what's happening in Washington. How are they trying to improve their image politically right now? And how are they being received politically? Yeah, so I've been having conversations with a lot of aides who work on tech issues over the last uh, week or so, particularly since she testified. 
And it sounds like they're trying to do the same thing that they always do. I mean, they've dispatched all of their lobbyists in the upper and lower chambers to Democrats and Republicans, um, basically to circulate their blog posts, you know, they're blasting out their blog posts that are, you know, coming out in a steady stream. They're getting on the phone to say, look, a lot of this is being misrepresented. We really care about, you know, children. We really care about hate speech. But the the problem is there's so little goodwill for Facebook on the Hill right now, basically across the board. So they're already coming into a very antagonistic environment that's only intensifying in how people feel about the company. I mean, uh, last year I reported that Nancy Pelosi had instituted a policy. She's no longer she and her staff are, are no longer having meetings with Facebook lobbyists, and, and that approach has only spread. So we know that Representative Jan Schakowsky also has banned Facebook from uh, her office, not only Facebook, but also one of the third party groups that Facebook relies on, uh, which is uh, it's a group called Chamber of Progress. Um, essentially, you know, Facebook often when it's in crisis, they dispatch their own lobbyists. They also dispatch all of their tech trade associations. Um, Um, And there is just so much skepticism towards all of them right now. Emily Birnbaum, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Also today, the Biden administration is rolling out new details of rules that will take effect early next month, governing air travel by foreign nationals into the U.S. Starting on November 8th, adults who are fully vaccinated will be required to show proof of vaccination prior to boarding their flight in order to travel to the U.S. According to senior administration officials, only vaccines approved or authorized by either the FDA or the WHO will be accepted. Under the new rules, airlines will be tasked with collecting and reviewing documentation from passengers ahead of their respective flights. And U.S. Department of Education officials are signaling their intent to prevent Florida's education agency from stripping federal grants meant for local school board members to offset sanctions over student mask mandates. In the latest clash between the Biden administration and Florida over COVID, the U.S. Department of Education on Monday warned that the state's Department of Education would run afoul of federal law for leveling fines against school board members in Alachua and Broward counties, which are requiring students to wear masks against the wishes of Governor Ron DeSantis. It's unclear what penalties the state could face if the punishments are carried out, but the federal government is ramping up pressure. Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, check out some of our other shows, like The Playbook Daily Briefing and Politico Energy. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.